All right, Caleb. So uh, I've been working a lot on Ruin, and how's it going? I, it's I've, I realized I, I should just discard everything. I'm going to make it an explicitly uh, political game. Uh, do you want to guess what it's going to be about? Uh, I do. Okay. Uh, well, it's called, it's going to be called Ruin uh, colon, of course, because that that means it's classy. That, that's a sign of a good game designer. Yes, there. colons. Infrastructure week. <laughs> it's just infrastructure week every week forever. The second uh, most popular week after Shark Week. <laughs> uh, I know what the first expansion is called. Ruin Shark Week. <gasps> You're a genius. All right. <laughs> so uh, in this episode, we're actually going to talk about the real game. So... Uh, hey, this is Russ Payne, and uh, this is RPPR Game Designers Workshop, uh, and with me is Caleb, and we're hey. we're going to be talking about our efforts, our, our uh, feeble efforts at uh, game design. Yes, uh, <laughs> we continue to bat at it. Yes, uh, like a lazy cat, high yes. on catnip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bathing us. Okay, anyways, well, let's get on to it. Uh, first off, uh, Caleb, uh, you can uh, regale us with your progress uh, status on red markets and, of course, party foul. Uh, we'll, we'll have more episodes on party foul in the in the near the date of its uh, Kickstarter yeah. this spring, uh, early summer, whatever that is. Yeah, uh, we should do more episodes on it, but uh, we haven't yet because I don't want to like the 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 premise of screwing up in real time, yeah. which is our subtitle. Um, I, I've done this stuff. Uh, before and I'm hopefully not screwing it up this time. Uh, <laughs> well, so, I mean, you you can screw up in new and interesting ways because it's yeah. a card game, not a role playing. <laughs> yeah, true. And we're getting there, but uh, <laughs> as of right now, we're sort of planning out the Kickstarter, which we've talked about, and it's not that different. And uh, right now, we're doing a lot of art direction with the wonderful Casey Green and with Kyle and Cat, uh, who are of role play studios of, of role play studios, and uh, who laid out Red Markets and are doing work for the for the card game but it is again just a lot of art direction and contracts which we've talked about before <clears throat> now the specs for getting a specific printer and getting ready to quote that'll be something we really need to do an episode yeah. on because that's something i've never done before and i'm continually doing research on it and i don't know if i'm going to do it right so that'll be a prime <laughs> opportunity to fuck up in real time but it'll be fine as of right now casey is an amazing artist who turns in stuff lightning fast and it's you know the easiest part of my job ever uh we also got really slowed down by the holidays which happens for everyone but especially in game design <laughs> when it's always your second or third or fourth job yeah. that you're working um so yep. between holidays and health uh we really took we really took a couple months off air by force uh but things are picking up on on that and then as far as red markets goes uh tom abella laura and adam briskin limehouse have both been uh wonderful wonderful people and uh on their own volition uh, have decided to make quick start rules for red markets. Um, so I have been doing a deep edit of those, and we're going to try and have those ready along with a con packet intro job ready for um, Gen Con. Uh, so I'm commissioning a cover for that. We're finding some more art for it. Um, I will be eventually releasing it for free because that's the purpose of a yeah, you know, quick start. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I will probably also have a POD version that you could buy through DTRPG because it'll look nice and it'll be 10,000, 15,000 words with the, with the adventure that you can, you know, have printed out and ready to go if you so choose. So we're going to get, we're getting that already for Gen Con. But, um, other than that, Laura is writing, 
for uh, the carrying economy, the world economy uh, supplement of the book. Um, she is currently doing edits on the novel. I am actually finishing the novel thanks to some early semester snow days, which is where I get most of my work done when I'm not like employed today. and starving. Yeah. Yes, uh, and so I actually got some pages done for the first time in months Huzzah! since the. Uh, Horrible shipping fiasco killed my will to touch a keyboard. Um, and uh, things are going well on that front. So uh, we're just trying to have as much stuff ready for Gen Con 2018 as possible. Um, and that's also what I'm doing. So swag that we can get at the booth, learning how to run the booth, signing up, uh, organizing games. Adam Briskin Limehouse, again, has done a wonderful job with that. Trying to find places for people's games and stuff I can give them for running games. Um, that I can afford. Yeah, hugs is pretty much the only thing in the budget right now. Um, there'll be firm, heartfelt hugs, but that's that's about all I have. So, trying to organize that, um, along with panels and events and uh, origins too, because I'm going to origins this year. Yeah, I'm going too. As yeah, yeah, as, as sort of a Spencer is going. Uh, I don't know yet. Okay, uh, but we will go to origins and uh, hopefully have party foul to play and stuff. Uh, but I, I I did want to get a dry run running a booth before it's you know the, the sh- big show the show you know yeah, yeah. Uh, so origins gonna, is pretty big. I mean it's, yeah I, yeah it's not small. I don't want to yeah. screw up there either. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd rather get it out of the way than <laughs> do it at Gen Con. What stays in origin? What happens in origin stays in origin. <laughs> Hopefully is not filmed. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'll be working the IGDN booth there, trying to sell red markets and whatever other accoutrements for red markets I can get oh. out at that time. Uh, we currently have some fantastic posters. Yeah. From uh, Michael Plandaya. Uh, that was the chapter breaks in the book, but also will be the covers for the supplements. Um, and you know, I'm hoping to sell a couple of those cause they look nice around my house. Maybe yeah, other people would do. like them. Um, and I've got one hanging up. Maybe I can get the novel done by then. So we could have a print version of that if you wanted it. And maybe we'll have some quick start guides for sales mm-hmm. for sale, but, uh, I don't know. It's just, you know, the, the, 200 day rush towards Gen Con. I might not get housing, so I can't go at all. Uh, as oh, I have, we'll get housing. I mean, I hope. Yeah. I mean, Airbnb hasn't gone well, yeah. as I've been, you know, basically uh, extorted. Yeah. For, it's a nice reservation you got there. Shame if something happens to it by every Airbnb. Oh, person. it's happened more than once? Oh, that's happened three times now. Oh, geez. Where people have quoted prices for the days listed. I make the reservation. They have the pending charge on my account. And then the person says, yo, I'm going to cancel this because it's Gen Con unless you give me this rate. And I'm like, okay, well, why didn't you quote that rate on the Airbnb site? He's like, you can just pay me when you get here. I'm like, yeah, definitely going to let you hold that over my head for the next 200 days. Yeah. You know, Nikki the shark. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, or whatever your damn name is. Like, so three times I have had people like say, well, I'll keep this reservation if I get a little something on the side when you get here. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, I might Without lose it. I might, I might be going out of town yeah. that week, you know, and like I can't wait for that to happen, I don't know, two weeks before the convention starts. Yeah. And I have nowhere to stay but on the street. And uh, so – so Airbnb is trash, is what you're saying? Uh, I'm I, I'm not saying a lot of people have had very good luck with it, but I have had the most fantastic string of bad luck in Gen Con yeah. Airbnb I've ever heard of, and like I've never heard of anyone else doing this to somebody else. And I asked IDGN, and no one else has had it happen to them. And it happened to Spencer 
it happened to Spencer twice and happened to me three times. Maybe it's new for this year. Yeah, I get, I get, but it's like everyone's extorting it. So, um, Origins was great. I said that we would like to stay in this room. The guy's like, great, you may stay in this room. And I'm like, here is this money. And he's like, thank you. I appreciate this money. This is how capitalism works. Yes. I'm like, yes, sure. This should work. Uh, and then, you know, we digitally shook hands and then hopefully I don't get scabies or lice from wherever i stay at his place but even then it's a good price for scabies and lice so uh but indy has not worked that way uh so far so uh yeah we're doing i'm making a lot of progress on the book right now uh it's early semester there are snow days so i don't have uh grading or lesson planning novel yeah the yeah yeah, the the novel uh i'm getting best practices ready like i'm moving faster on red markets than i have since this summer Cool. Uh, because things have finally opened up a little bit in the schedule, but um, you know we'll see how long that lasts. Sure. And then Gen Con is an enormous clerical task. Yeah, that is. Uh, uh, yeah, and we'll we'll keep giving you guys updates yeah. on uh, what's going. Uh, uh, every not just guys, guys and girls. Sorry. And we uh, could we can do a uh, GDW about uh, yeah. running a booth at a con once yeah. I get some more experience doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll <clears throat> we'll keep you uh, feeding updates uh, on Twitter, Facebook group, and uh, uh, future podcast episodes. Not the main podcast as well with what we're doing. Where we've I've submitted like six events. Uh, for role playing, yeah, it's radio. too early because we don't know what is scheduled, when, yeah. what time, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, we're going to be running a ton of games. <clears throat> uh, several RPPR cast members are volunteering as GMs for like Arc Dream. Uh, we're having uh, fan favorite Bridget is coming uh, to Gen Con for the first time. Uh, I'm going to try and have her run some games for RPPR fans. I'm still trying to work that out. Uh, so yeah, we're we have like 34 different Red Markets games. Oh wow, arranged. Uh, we're probably not going to get all of them in the IGN booth, but we're going to have to scatter around the con too. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, we're looking into trying to get some sort there. of private venue as well, like some sort of room. <clears throat> Maybe just reserve a, a conference room at the hotel, one of the hotels, or something like that. Yeah, so I'm looking into that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll keep you up to date. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you certainly know of some place where we can game that is not a surrounded by hundreds of other games going on in the same space, that, <laughs> that would, would be, be great. great. Yeah. Yes, please let us know. <laughs> uh, but uh, so yeah, and hopefully at Gen Con, hopefully, hopefully, uh, I'm not guaranteeing this though. Uh, I will have Ruin in a play testable version. Uh, at Gen Con, and I'll be able to run at least one game of it for some lucky RPPR fans, listeners. And that's what this episode's about. So yes. You should probably tell them about uh, Infrastructure Week. <laughs> yeah, Infrastructure Week. Um, every week is Infrastructure Week. Uh, <laughs> so if you listen to the panel that I did last Gen Con, speaking of that, um, I, I sort of gave my outline. I've had, a, over the last year, I've had sort of, I've finally come up with a concrete version of what Ruin is going to be. Um, and it's going, uh, and so in that panel, I sort of go over, but to, to reiter- re- reiterate, Ruin is going to be about a specific story. And the story is a group of normal people who go to this, buy the, the, this two star, you know, out of five on Yelp uh, hotel, the Sleep Easy Inn, which is by the highway. And for whatever reason, they go, they, they, they all check in at the same night. And when they wake up, it looks like the hotel, but it's not. The, the, they can't open the doors. The windows all just so, show a black void. And when they look in other doors inside this, this, what they think is the hotel, it reveals other places, impossible places that could not exist. And so, uh, and they are now trapped in what I call the structure, which is a labyrinth or a maze. Um, and the goal of this game is to get out. 
Like you, so it's going to be very much survival horror. You are trapped in a place and you need to get out. And that that's so. Everything in Ruin is built towards that goal of uh, running that type of story. Now, so but it's not going to be. There's only there's not going to be one canonical setting for it. I want GMs to be able to customize what the structure is, why people are trapped in there, and what kind of things they can encounter uh, as much as they want so that you can tell any kind of survival. First question. Is this sleep easy in within a 10-minute Uber ride of the Indianapolis Convention Center? Because (laughs) I'm hearing some cons, but they are not enough, and I would like to reserve two rooms right now, if Uh, if at all possible. I'm not going to specify a specific place. It's going to be in the continental United States and near a highway, but other than that. Is it both everywhere and nowhere? Because that is still better than the (laughs) current... Standing of the housing lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's within walking distance of the <laughs> convention center. So. And hell. <laughs> um, and so I've been studying, and I really want to make this a survival horror game. And so it's about managing what limited resources you have and um, trying to figure out the best. And the, the, the task of the players is figuring out how do I escape. And in order to escape, you have to first understand where what, this, what the structure is to some degree. You have to figure out how it works, what the rules of it are, because they obviously aren't normal reality. Um, and use this knowledge to figure to to sort of interpret where the actual exit is to to find the thread leading you to the heart of the labyrinth so is the um are the narrative forebears for this the same as when ruin was first uh sort of conceived so like silent hill yeah uh carcosa mm-hmm. house De- of leaves yeah D- house of leaves don delilo novels like this mm-hmm. sort of like architecture of the mind psychological horror space um, it, it, Still. that is going to be, um, one thing is I also want to be able to customize what kind of themes players, I mean, within this space, there's, there's in different flavors or shadings of it. Uh, and so that's going to be one of them. Uh, but I, if players want to emphasize a more, uh, direct or a more, uh, even weirder version, more abstract version than, uh, then I want to have those kind of, yeah. uh, mechanisms involved so that play, so GMs can like, one thing I realized is I keep running Delta Green games, and it's sort of my go-to game because not only is it a great setting, it's also easy to run. Like, and it's easy for experienced and new players alike, and it's interesting to both because you know for experienced players they understand the setting, they understand the lore, and they they can like figure out these agents try and guess what kind of what Cthulhu myth. They understand how to meta game and how yeah. it also won't work again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but new players, it's like you're an FBI agent. That's easy for anyone to grasp yeah. and to have an idea. It's not like you're a wizard with these kind of powers mm-hmm. in this weird, fantastic world. Yeah. Um, and the mechanics are simple. But and it's also there's it's still worth going back to because you know unlike I think a lot of dungeon crawl kind of games, there's there's sort of like there's always new variety. There's always something new to see because it's Delta Green for the GM. It's like what kind of fucked up mystery can I? present to these players yeah that's a sneaky good um design aesthetic yeah like i stumbled into it on red markets because mm-hmm. you know it's my job first, of the week yeah. i first yeah it was uh my first design and you know and so it's a little bit large it's love letter it is not in yeah. terms of rules though i do think it's pretty but for all of the you know big setting stuff and stuff that's included in the book i do think it's pretty easy to sit down and play once yes. you know how charges and rolling works mm-hmm. um but there was a lot of front loading of that, but yeah. like because I was running out of room in the book, and because uh, 
I was worried about how front loaded it was. Running red markets for a GM is like write a thousand words, you're good. Like yeah. the dice do everything else, don't do mm-hmm. it. And what I found in like in in play that I couldn't find in playtest is like the fact that it's easy for a GM just to grab when they need a game that week mm-hmm. is a sneaky good way to like both sell a game and like keep it. Yeah. keep its longevity so like yes exactly any, anything exactly. yeah anything you can get to lower the work we talk about like lowering the workload on the players and stuff and i mm-hmm. think that does count but like a lot of times that's done on the fact of like well it's the gm's problem now yeah and i i really think you might want to reverse that aesthetic yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know many hands make light work um somebody posted on the facebook group today is like we did enclave creation and they said their enclave is in debt for an infrastructure project to another enclave but the infrastructure project never happened where did the money go what is the enclave doing about its debt the campaign just wrote itself i yeah. just sat there <laughs> and i'm like yeah that's awesome yeah <laughs> you're gonna play that game now because like they and just gave you the that. through line for your campaign mm-hmm. you didn't have to read a book you didn't like ponder or go to a whiteboard it's this they just did it themselves like yeah. and like so yeah anything you can do that's just like well i can just pick up and play ruin this yeah. week would be great um and that that's definitely something uh, i haven't thought about like how players can well there there is going to be that for character creation because one one mechanic i want to have is that uh character creation happens during the game you just start and, and that and that could also be really powerful yeah. for that. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit. But like for what I want for a ruined GM to once the game is ready, and you know a GM can like pick it up is like the you know for Delta Green the thing is what is the mystery that the players are going to solve and Redmark is what is the, what are the jobs that the players can take and in ruins it's like what is the structure that they're going to escape from. And so, like, I want the GM can then have do whatever, t- uh, taking the foundation, you know, the sleep easy in, and then going anywhere he wants with it. Um, it's you know, um, and and then being able to, and the players just have to find an exit. And what uh, room? What buildings are creepy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, is I mean, architecture easy. is about humans altering space. You know, a, you know, a place. And making it suit their needs. And architecture is also about how this place influences humans. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about, you know, creepy buildings versus nice comforting buildings. And, you know, the psychological impact of buildings, you know, like brutalist buildings, you know, intimidate and scare people and, you know, make them feel uneasy. Walk around a high school at night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then wish you had a gun. <laughs> exactly. super creepy. <laughs> and so it's ruin is about how this place, this structure. Don't literally go walk around a high school at night. That would be weird. Unless There's you're. There's probably um, alarms. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> they don't have. You're not supposed to be in there. <laughs> no one's supposed to be in there. Yeah. Um, and so like the, so the idea for me to get into like to give that variety is I'm going to create three sort of story structures for the structure uh, as examples but you know obviously give guidelines so gms come up with whatever they want so the three sort of themes that the structure that i can picture as is uh one is the crucible and crucible is essentially some sort of place that is testing the morality uh or ethics of uh this it's putting the people who are in it through a crucible mm-hmm. uh through a test to see if they're worthy you know uh or to punish them for their failings you know um and obviously the antecedents with like silent hill too um and the example i have for that so for each one of these themes i'm going to have one example um theme with with a concrete backstory and a concrete it, it appears to me that hypercube delta green game is like 
yeah. screaming for this. Oh no, that's gonna that's gonna be yeah. in it. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna rip off my own ideas. <laughs> well, they were really Bill's ideas Bill, that he ripped yeah. off from somewhere on the internet. Um, yeah, that's how creativity works. Um, so the the idea for this is like the, the 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 default example, the crucible for Rune is going to be called the Foundation. The Foundation is a conspiracy of people who have found existential threats to humanity that are unnatural, alien. And they found a way to contain them all within a prison. And this prison is the structure. And the thing is, the conspiracy needs new blood. But they need to see, to to test if the people, to make sure that they can handle the stress and that they aren't going to be corrupted by it. They aren't going to use this Mm -hmm. alien technology, these alien powers that they can gain access to by harvesting the existential threats. Um, And so the... It's a crucible because this is basically you're 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 being initiated into the conspiracy whether you want to or not, uh, and so you're being thrown into this prison with all these fucking nightmarish things, yeah. and you have to get out. Now, of course, it's in ruin because the conspiracy is either like they're all dead or it's dysfunctional. You know, like it's gone yeah. corrupt. Uh, so obviously, I'm, I'll just admit it. Yeah, this is going to be the SAP Foundation. Mm-hmm. Just change things around. Yeah. Um, and but it's testing the person's. Um, altruism and ability to cooperate like the only way to escape in it will be you can't escape on your own you need at least one other person who will cooperate with you and risk their life to save you and like that's so i haven't figured out how to do that yet in a game but that's that's going to be the the uh, narrative arc of that game so um have you uh played pyre yet no i heard about it i know it's from the same people who did um Bastion and Transistor. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a spoiler, so spoiler warning. Yeah, yeah. Skip forward 30 seconds if you don't want to listen to anything about Pyre. <laughs> um, but the premise is this, you know, basically magic basketball is a sacred ritual. Yeah. So you play magic basketball through the tournament, and if you win, the thing is the the trophy is uh, advertised as a chance at escape. But if you win, the chance at escape is for only one person on your team. Ah, and so instead of everyone ascending, you have to choose which one goes. So do you send the person that's least valuable to the team so that if you do it again, you could maybe send yourself? Or do you send the person that was most valuable to the team and therefore deserves to escape the most but then makes you less likely to mm. to able to escape again? Interesting. So that's uh, – that's, but like in terms of teamwork, that's sort of the – like you can't all get out at once. You yeah. have to continually you know, play this game. In order to get out, uh, so interesting, yeah, yeah. So like, um, yeah, they, it I mean, reminded me of what you were, yeah, talking yeah, yeah. About I mean, it's yeah, that's the, the need for cooperation, yeah. Um, and one thing I, I will mention at this time is that uh, I want to have crafting mechanics in the game. So like, obviously, if you're trapped in this place, there's not you're not going to be able to go buy guns, and there's no you know there's no agency that you can go and requisition items or anything like that. So everything that all the tools and weapons the players have are going to be scavenged from luggage or things that they make uh, from this this stuff, and so. Uh, and this is in the first sleep easy in scenario. Yeah, well, it's in the it's 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 base game yeah. mechanic. So like the idea though, because I could also see it yeah. like doing a ruin like like it's a commentary on video game fatalism, and there, yeah, yeah. there is some just guy in a trench coat in inexplicable locations. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, asking yeah, yeah. what you're buying or selling. Yeah, I guess you could have an option. And for, you're just yeah, like, merchant. why? Yeah. How did you get here? Yeah, why aren't they attacking you? <laughs> uh, that's actually a good idea. I like that. Uh, that'll actually work for the third example I have. So. 
Uh, in crafting mechanics, though, it is also going to be the only way players have access to supernatural or unnatural abilities. Because, you know, in Delta Green, players, you know, GMs can give players access to tomes that let them gain rituals, which lets them, you know, fuck people up and, us- or, and usually themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many other uh, modern horror games, players have some kind of supernatural power. And so I want to give GMs the option that the way you do this in, in Ruin is you give them unnatural items that they can then craft, like uh, a black wire that constantly radiates cold, and it's, you you can't bend, you can't cut it or destroy it. But if you wrap it around a baseball bat, it really fuck up that monster. It's like kryptonite to that monster. That yeah. You know. um, and so, but in each example, the the unnatural items that you can use for crafting are going to be from a specific type or have a specific origin. So in the foundation, it's going to be foundation assets, which is the weapons and tools, the foundation, the conspiracy made, the foundation made to you know give to its agents to fight monsters so it'll be like sci-fi shit or you know um creepypasta x-files task force kind of stuff so um you know stem uh healing patches that grow that can heal trauma wounds but your skin comes back a different color you know Mm -hmm. um and shit and you you know have alien phantom limb syndrome for you know additional set of arms you know because you got shot in the ribs and it was arm skin you know or something like that (laughs) um so, uh, so that's so that uh, that's the first example. So the second story structure would be post-human mystery. And this is the this is the Carcosa. This is the Cthulhu mythos. This is the cosmic horror version. Drink, yeah. <laughs> um, and so in this in this kind of story, the idea is um, you have to become you have to give up some of your humanity in order to escape. You cannot perceive the structure for what it is. You cannot perceive the exit as long as you cling to your ideas of what it is, what your your ideas of reality, your ideas of what it means to be human. Um, you know, this is reading the tome, using the alien artifact, or you know, something like that. That means that you you've now gained this knowledge. You're now tainted or corrupted by it. You know, so yeah. you can escape, but you're not. You know, you you can't go home again. Essentially, uh, or you can't to go escape back. the cube. You yeah. must understand what the cube is. Yeah, and then you're destroyed as a person exactly um and so in this one i'm calling it i haven't worked out the 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 working title right now is dream horizon and like the idea is you're essentially in the literal dream of a great old one that sounds like a great prog rock band yeah exactly uh it's very uh, we're dream horizon then i turn away from the crowd and play guitar (laughs) it's very blue tangerine tangerine (laughs) dreams yeah um and so the idea is that whenever humans use hypergeometry or magic like it creates these little singularities uh sometimes on a time delay and so decades ago some someone near at the at the site where the sleepy easy inn was you know summoned a monster or something like that and now uh the singularity popped up and anyone who dreams near that singularity it gets sucked into it and that's and it first looks like the same place you know but then it you're just going into the dreams of great old one that's millions of years old seeing alien vistas or you're seeing replicas of carcosa or okay. distant alien planets or other periods in human history because it's had other worshipers and uh so everything instead of being like in terms of theme and the way the aesthetic of like say the foundation it, the the that's going to be very much like military and labs and like sterile testing chambers as you get further into the thing yeah okay so like yeah in terms of writing this is is it going to be like you have a concrete narrative for these things mm-hmm. or at least as concrete as these sorts of silent hilly narratives yeah. can be 
And then on the back end in, like, say, a GM section, mm-hmm. you have it broken down into a sort of, like, I don't want to call it, like, moves necessarily to be yeah. Apocalypse World. Because um, please don't make it Power Break. It's not. It's not. It's, I, uh, I can't really do that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and uh, But a sort of set of moves. Because, like, with with Red Markets, I, I sort of have this extremely prescriptive prescriptivist version of like you write a you write a job like this yeah you're gonna do this first then you're gonna do that and it's not because like you can't write a good job that doesn't do that i don't i write good jobs that don't do that all yeah. the time like the like the we're gonna have a trial job was yeah. not a <laughs> not on the not on the thing but like once you're ready to break off of that prescription mm-hmm. is different than having no prescription um so is it going to be like very uh, much a, a a linear scenario narrative up front to show people how it works and show the mechanics in action. Yeah. And then on the back end is like, okay, well, if you want to do this on yourself, think of an impossible shape. Yeah. Step two, put people in the in- Mobius strip. Step three, like, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, a- examine what it means. To ma- like, or is it going to be very much all the way throughout this sort of nebulous is like, I don't know, people are in a place for a reason. Yeah. They got to get out for other reasons. <laughs> well, like, yeah. 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 I, I, I I'm I'm just wondering how you plan on writing it in terms of the split. Like, is it going to be right. like game and campaign in one, then how you make it your own game on the back end? Or is it going to be like game and campaign and one with mm-hmm. commentary on how to make it your own yeah. throughout? So the campaign is kind of nebulous for you to plug things in. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like it's, it's like I said, it's about a particular story and the story is essentially theses and labyrinth. It's about going into a labyrinth and coming out. Yeah. And so like, I'm going to structure it. So like, here are the major sort of, I'm going to genericize or, you know, make generic the plot points of this kind of story into a game as much as possible. Like the first turning point in your story is going to be when the players realize they're not in a hotel. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's what I, yeah. I, I know that, yeah, but yeah. like, is it, you said it's going to be Theseus in the labyrinth. So it's going to be yeah. like, Theseus in the Labyrinth and how to write your own version of Theseus in yeah, the Labyrinth? essentially. Or is yeah. it going to be like, Theseus or maybe some other dude in the Labyrinth or maybe a big old maze that, like, are you are you going to be, like, letting people plug people in, plug stuff into the structure as it goes on? Or is the structure going to be, like, I don't want to say rigid, yeah. but more uh, more defined? And then on the back end, it's going to be like, okay, here's what I did to make this, and mm-hmm. here's how you make your own. Well, I think like this is why I'm making three detailed examples yeah. with like each one has a different narrative arc and like uh-huh. a different like conflict. Like, you know, the first one is about like, can you survive this test that the conspiracy is putting forth? The second one is, can you, you know, let go of your humanity and become, you know, and uh, gain this cosmic knowledge or, tra- you know, uh, in order to escape. Um, so yeah. more rigid, but the back end is going to be this is how you design a crucible yeah, yeah. adventure and mm-hmm. then more rigid, but this is how you design yeah. Dream Horizon adventure. Yeah. And then okay. like, what does the maze physically look like? Like, what is the aesthetic? Like great movies and great stories often like, you know, the, the look of Silent Hill, you can identify that right off the bat, mm-hmm. you know, from a screenshot. And so like, I want to give a lot of information on how to stylize uh, the structure so that it, it, you know, you can make your own version of it yeah. or, you know, basically take the foundation and change it like this, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so that's, that's my idea is, uh, and you know, obviously I'm going to be writing a lot of advice and guidelines and like here are ways to do this, but this isn't the only way to do it. Uh, and reskinning and information like here are game mechanics and you can reskin this so that this, you know, it, it, 
the game mechanics are the same, but it, it, you can you describe it differently, you yeah. know, stuff like that. So that's the idea. Um, so in Dream Horizon, like the difference is, for example, the foundation. Uh, the way the maze is stylized is very bleak and institutional. You know, it's a very much like this human built prison for monsters and shit mm-hmm. like that. And, but now it's cracking and ruined and shit like that. Um, so you can fit in all the creepypasta you want. And, you know, every cell is a different fucked up place. Um, the, the dream horizon is more like painterly. It's more like you open a door and you're, you, you know, you see a meadow. You know, uh, but there's two moons and you're like, what the fuck's going on? And the trees have, you know, uh, vines that have mouths on them with lots of teeth and like, oh, okay, I'm going to close the door now. You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, And so in that one, the the thing is like one, accepting that you're nowhere in reality and everything you know is wrong. And then like then two, doing something in order transgressing in some way in order to gain the knowledge you need in order to escape to find the thread. in, In other words, um, and the unnatural stuff would be bits of dream stuff, you know, like really unnatural things um, that are reminiscent of the great old ones, you know, whatever this cosmic being is. It could be Cthulhu, Nyarlathotep, the King in Yellow, something else. Um, and uh, and are you necessarily playing these with the characters from the first game, or is this like a separate? Well, um, the, the 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 mechanics for generating your character, like I said, are happen in the game, and you always start as a normal person. You're just like just some schmo. You're not. Mm-hmm. You you don't have any supernatural anything. You're no no one special. Um, and the idea is obviously. Um, yeah, you're not. When you couldn't, any given ruin is like a particular canon yeah and then you don't run like in this and yeah so, so the sleep easy isn't doesn't go to the dream horizon they're they're connected but the characters don't well i mean move. the sleep easy end is always the starting point so i have some sort of yeah, linking. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's all three themes start at the same place and okay. then branch off in different ways but it's like you know it's different settings like D and D, like Forgotten. But Rooms one character Fred doesn't get through all three. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's it's yeah. You get you you stay in one setting for the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one is organism, and it could be machine. And the idea is that it it has something that wants out of you, and it has something that wants to avoid. And the 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 example I have for like the the generic example, which I'm not going to do, is an, uh, would be like the Hellraiser. It wants pain and hates you know love. Yeah. You know. Um, but the example I'm going to use is going to be the digital simulation, which is like you're 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 a mind stuck in a virtual reality, mm-hmm. and it's testing you, uh, and it's going to be similar to that. It's going to want to see you suffer. You know, it's basically either super rich people or a titan or some AI or something like that is torturing you. And yeah. uh, can you matrix your way out of it? Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be the one with the fucking video game merchant. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the unnatural items in that would be hacked bits of code yeah. as you realize you're in a simulation. So, um, and that one is obviously yeah, more digital, more glitchy, and more um, represented by like reality editing itself. You know, like doors repeating or you know you seeing yourself in a mirror but on the back end thematically you're realizing that this thing has a purpose yeah but you're not it it may not be on that purpose or that purpose may not yeah uh have any care or concern for you whereas dream horizon would be like this is more of a psychological space and then crucible would be this is more of a test yeah it's a test narrative Yeah. Yeah. yeah all right um, and in organism, the idea is either you feed it enough that it, it rewards you or you punish it enough that it spits you out. Yeah. So you figure out what it wants and you, you know, 
do a horrible thing because it's obviously not going to be a pleasant thing mm-hmm. uh, that it wants, or you you do you love so much that you hug your way out of it. You know, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Calm down. Wrinkle in time. <laughs> See exactly that. That's exactly there's there's a lot of antecedents for this. A lot of precedent. So, uh, not, not good ones though. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Um, love the brain. Yeah. And then the bookends <laughs> for reasons. <laughs> not excited about the Wrinkle in Time movie. People, sorry. But our future president. Uh, uh, that could be, uh, <laughs> no. could, yeah. All right. Um, anyway, so those are the and and then obviously guidelines, so you can come up with your own, you know, because obviously the the story structure is open enough that it's you're trapped in a place, you need to do something to get out, and mm-hmm. it's going to be a fucked up thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so that's so that's the idea for the big picture, and then uh, so character creation is, I guess, the next part. Um, so the way I'm working it right now is your character sheet will have three sections sections your story uh triage and your survey the survey is like is going to be stylized as a separate card it's going to be like a little like customer survey card at a hotel or something that hands out like how did you think of our experience and the idea is first off you start up it'll say at the top normalcy like this is normal you're just trapped in a hotel (laughs) it's it's weird but explainable and then it'll be like how how uh how real do you think this is from a scale of one to ten and like uh, or there'd be a one to ten scale from you know totally calm to like mm, this is not normal. And so, uh, whenever you get to ten, your ha- the GM will have multiple cards and uh, hand you a new one and say, in uh, the next one will be like panic, like this is not normal. Yeah. Um, and the idea is one thing I want to do is I want to explore not having sanity be like just hit points, and when you get to zero, your character is done. You should uh, definitely add questions in there that have no bearing oh, yeah, yeah. on your character. Have you ever cried during sex? <laughs> what? Um, you have to answer. Have see, I also want to have this sort of kind of modular mechanics where game masters can easily add in their own versions of these things. Um, so, like, the survey cards are going to be, like, every time you get you fill out a new card, you change a part of your character's story, uh, you know, part of the first part of your character sheet, which are um, basically... Uh, your past, present, and future. And each one has four slots in it. And these are like aspects. Um, and like your past, you describe... Yeah, the very first one is describing is your character tutorial sort of character generation part of the game where you wake up. You you The first thing you do is like, why did you check into this hotel? You know, what were you doing before you checked into this hotel? You know, like, I was a traveling salesman. I'm a college student. I'm doing this. You could yeah. you could maybe do it with like acetone, like mm-hmm. the surveys on like a laminate or something. Oh yeah, yeah. But then you don't know what it applies until you get the character sheet afterwards, oh, okay. and then you slide the character sheet under the laminate, and those are your points. Interesting in that area or something, yeah. or or are the laminates the character mm-hmm. sheet, and you you slide that over your filled out survey, and now that's your points. Mm-hmm. Your Likert scales actually determining the number of dice you're rolling or, or bonuses or something. Or like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Something like yeah. you could make it kind of see, this gimmicky is, that way. I, I'm getting from the big picture to sort of the, the big scale, the game mechanics, but I'm, I like, I still haven't gotten very granular in terms of like figuring out exact game mechanics. Yeah. Yet. Um, 
I kind of keep writing stuff. I'm like, oh, I need to add a new section to the rules. And like, so I keep adding new sections outlining of like, oh, these, this is sort of the big picture. Yeah, you're going to have a fun couple weeks with that. Yeah, yeah, and no. If you hear anything with the red mark, it's like, yeah, I got it. I need a dice mechanic, though. Yeah. And then like, it gets to the point where you just keep writing stuff. It's like, <laughs> I still don't have a dice mechanic. And then you're like, this is ridiculous. I need a dice mechanic. And then you pace in an office for two weeks without sleep, just yeah. surrounded by dice and like, maybe. Maybe it's a Jenga tower. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's yo-yos. <laughs> maybe it's a yo-yo resolution system. And then you eventually just come up with D10s. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Well, I mean, you had the color matching thing, which was, I mean, the, the different colors and one higher than lower. That was, that was, you know, I mean, I'm just doing percentile at this point, like right now. And that's fine. Yeah. But yeah. Um, there does come a time where you just need to sit there with any dice. Yeah. And crunch probabilities until you go insane. <laughs> so, uh, your character's past, present, or future, you're going to be your, like your stats and your attributes, essentially. It's going to be, and there, there's just, and they're going to be described as kind of like aspects. So, the first ones that are always described are like what you were doing before you check in the hotel. You know, what was your occupation or something. Like that. And you just use a phrase or something like that. And that um, sort of describes. Basically, I'm just going to be very simple at first, and like physical, mental, and social. You 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 prioritize those, and your your top one's sixty percent, your middle one's forty percent, your bottom one's twenty percent. Um, then you describe how you something about what a person would see when they look at your character, something about your appearance that's your present, and so like that gives you um, either I have like a, a basically a tag. A system where you describe like some sort of like a, basically a hashtag kind of thing was like I'm nervous looking so maybe you have plus 20 to uh, anything any skill checks related to uh, detecting threats or something like that but you have negative 20 whenever you're trying to calm someone down because you look you, you're not very calm um, so there so again this would be aspects where they could be used for good or bad uh, and then you describe something about your future uh, where you describe either like a scar or uh, something. Yeah, so those are the basic things. Those are the, There's going to be four basic components, like scars, your aptitudes, uh, your tags, and um, actually, no, there's only three right now. So, um, so yeah, it's very loose. And so the idea as the game progresses, at certain points you could describe something new about your character, as like a preparedness thing, it's like, oh yeah, I actually know how to pick locks. And you would write that down in your your past. You know, you have experience picking locks. Uh, but if certain things happen to you, you replace them with things that happen to you in the game. You know, like uh, I'm actually a con- my, I, I have a great future ahead of me. You know, I'm I'm uh, I've got a new job, and you erase that with like I <laughs> my arm is covered in acid burns. You know, <laughs> or something like that. Um, scars give you resistances to certain types of injuries or certain types of, uh, attacks. Um, and so that, that's kind of like where I am right now is, and I want, as the game progresses, you keep, I, I, I always liked how a dirty world, your character sheet changes during the game. Yeah. I want to emphasize that. It's a really cool mechanic. Yeah. Better Angels too. Yeah, yeah, Better Angels. Yeah, the same, um, the Dirty World system. Uh, and I want to have something like that to where your characters are constantly, changing as they're going through the structure uh because of the the sort of trials that they have to go through and so that that's where it starts um and instead of having hit points i'm going to have a triage system where it's literally like you have four slots for injuries and you have a little picture of your character because i really like that in red markets mm-hmm. and whenever you take an injury uh the gm just tells you you your pain rating from one to ten and you know and if you uh, uh if you get take additional energy 
injuries, you would uh, increase the pain scale, obviously. And then if you get uh, if any in, in injury gets to a ten, you have a chance of dying. Yeah. Um, and then of course, this is when the unnatural items, uh, come into play because then those are the ways you heal your character in a timely fashion. Cause you don't have access to doctors or something yeah. like that. Uh, the, you know, the skin patch I mentioned earlier or, you know, whatever, um, unless one of you is a doctor. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I do want to do, uh, is definitely like in the dream horizon, at least have certain rooms that you could go into heal quickly because, uh, and I'm right now calling them Owl Creek bridges. <laughs> where you just go in there and you experience like months or weeks or something like that. And you come back. It's been like a minute. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, um, and that obviously would change your character. Like you would like, I just experienced six months in a, is this what, you know, you're like, I don't, you know, your future, I don't know what's real anymore, you know? Um, and, um, so that's it in terms of the, uh, um, the character creation that I have so far. Um, and so between that and then crafting uh, mechanics, which I think is going to be sort of a task, kind of like in Unknown Armies with goals, where you like um, say, this is what I want to do, and this is how I think I can accomplish it. And then you, mm-hmm. you have to do certain things in a certain you know uh, formula or recipe, then you have a chance to succeed or not. Um, let's see here. Other things. Um, I know I want to have like a whole section on like varying the decor or the look of the place. So like... Uh, one commonality I want in all the versions of uh, Ruin is that the the Sleep Easy Inn, and that's sort of like the in between spaces between all the fucked up rooms um, that the players have to go through. And like, I want to have a lot of like maybe tables or something like that. It's like, what does this version of the the Sleep Easy, you know, this hallway looks like? It's you know, rolling. Oh, this one is it looks like the inn, but it's been decayed a hundred years, mm-hmm. or it's covered in blood and gunshots, you know, and, you know, bullet holes. Um, or the, it, the, the color scheme is exactly opposite and the languages are written, you know, every single word is written backwards. And so, <laughs> you know, just re- weird fucked up shit. Um, or the scale of objects is wrong. You know, things are too big or too small. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to have rules for that as well. And then obviously combat, I want to have very, very kind of like unknown, unknown armies, very brutal, very unforgiving. So like the idea is you don't fight monsters. Yeah. It's uh, a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, I do want to emphasize, I want to have special rules for cell phones though, uh, as a resource, because even though you can't make calls, cell phones could be, or be very useful, um, for like set an alarm, throw it in the qu- for two minutes yeah. as an old, you know, and then wait for the, the alarm to go off the, that lures the monster away. So mm-hmm. you can use that. Uh, oh, speaking of items, though, um, I do have rules for vignettes that I want to do. So uh, I read because I really love. I'm basically stealing all the bits of games that I, uh, that I like. Thank you. Um, so the vignettes from Red Markers are great. So, but obviously this is not like a home work life kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I want to have vignettes, but uh, the players find a document, and that could be like someone's cell phone recording or a literal document, mm-hmm. a diary, or something like that. And so then we stop and we role play what that document revealed. So like you do sort of a flashback to this other character. It's like, I've been trapped in here for weeks. There's, I've barricaded the doors. I think I've got plenty of food and water. And then like, uh, you know, someone was role playing. And so the idea is the players can then that, I guess that's the collaborative part. So the players make your own itchy, tasty. Yeah. Note. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, and the, in terms of the game though, the players then like, 
I give them sort of the GM gives them sort of broad outlines of like what kind of things it can contain, but the players then have to figure out a way to role play information that would give them an advantage. So like, uh, okay, so they like there's a locked hotel safe that they can't open, mm-hmm. and then like so they then they have to come up with a story that involves someone revealing that safe combination. Oh yeah. Um. So that would be the game part of it. It's not just a role playing exercise, uh, and so that would be sort of the the way to to maximize your character's advantage. Yeah. The thing with vignettes is you have to give people a point. Yeah. Uh, or else it really descends quickly. But if if, if there's a mechanical benefit to mm-hmm. role playing it. Um, that is that is really good. Yeah, because I really like you know in survival horror video games are especially good at this of like reading people's yeah find di- a note yeah or, or an audio cassette yeah audio cassette. they love audio they cassette. love an audio cassette uh, and I just started playing Prey last night and there's God those people oh man yeah the actual play podcast yeah embedded in play I haven't got that far is yet. my favorite part of Prey um, <laughs> and so but yeah like that could be the thing it's like all right so. Uh, you find a document, and it contains if you if you uh, uh, it could contain the the hotel safe combination, or it could contain this clue. Uh, which ones do you want to try and figure out? And it has these people are involved mm-hmm. in it. Uh, what happens? And the players can talk about it and then role play it out. Because um, I really want to have vignettes like that. And, that, and the vignettes could also be the Owl Creek Bridges thing, where like role play. What happens when you're six months in a vineyard in France? Apparently, <laughs> like the sky is like the wrong color, uh, and everyone is a ghost except for you. But the food's really good. And do you really want to leave? Uh, <laughs> it's like the Godfather. Yeah, I find a new wife. We get married. She blows up in a car. I yeah. pretend it didn't happen. Yep. After I come back to the real world. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, that's the whole thing. Apollonia, no. <laughs> um, and then, of course, I'm going to have a lot of rooms for example rooms. So, like, the idea is obviously every encounter advances the plot some way, and the players have to do certain things. So, like getting around the monster like yeah uh, you know i'm thinking things like amnesia dark descent like this you can't even fight this scary monster it's, <laughs> yeah it's gonna fucking just run away yeah just run away um and like obviously i'm gonna have i'm gonna rewrite bastow you know the hypercube thing mm-hmm. it's like uh and variants of that because that's off that's <laughs> hey um but in terms of other things it would be like going into rooms to get optional you know resources because uh, it's a survival horror game, there's definitely going to be ru- uh, rules for food and water, like not uh, starving or, you know, like you can't just dick around forever because eventually yeah. you will like run out of food and water. Like I figure probably it'll be like the longer you spend in the r- structure, the harder it is to find resources. So, mm. um, so yeah, I think um, that's about where I am with it right now uh, in terms of uh, the broad outline. So now it's just coming up with concrete, yeah, actual dice mechanics for. Yeah, kinda, you need mechanics. Yeah, man. you have a lot of cool ideas. Yeah. that are gonna. Well, I'm starting to get the mechanics. I like yeah. character creation. I'm starting yeah. to get there. Um, and yeah, now I just need to like buckle down and get those. Uh, but I, I, I have a vision for the game that's going to. Yeah, grow. that's cool. Uh, one thing I also want to do is I'm, I'm thinking about the ideas uh, is to commission a couple artists to come up with, I guess, essentially survivor notebooks. For like the foundation and the posthuman and the dream horizon versions of it, uh, and try and get them to do a bunch of black and white sort of sketch art, and then come up with the little pamphlets and like hand those out at Gen Con as like a promotional thing, hmm. uh, and then like have isolate like with crafted items and like maps of and pictures, you know, sketches of monsters and that they've seen and shit like that, um, and like handwritten clues and shit like that, and like no game mechanics, just like here. 
this is the game that I'm working on. And just kind of... <laughs> Creepy stares, backs away. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple pitches like that, as you've yeah. got, actually. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, that's where I am with it right now. Yeah, I need to get... Uh, uh, I'm just going to, I think, probably use a simple percentile system uh, with the tags as modifiers, uh, at least for first playtesting. Um, and just kind of go from there and see and probably do some one shot play tests and, and hopefully and I'm thinking probably March, something like that. And after I get back from my trip. So cool. Um, yeah. Any other questions or anything? No, man. Uh, I'm interested to have mechanics in it. I have ideas for writing for it already, yeah. but I mean, I just, you know, it needs some dice or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm starting to get there. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it works yeah. out. Um, yeah, the main thing actually I have, for character creation, basic task is the, the aptitudes and percentile system. So that's pretty simple right now. I just need to figure out the surveys. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. Uh, once I can figure out mental health, cause I, like I said, my big challenge, I don't want it to just be, you know, you go to zero, you die. I want players to like have their, just first you're panic, you're in denial. And then you're like, okay, I can, I can get through this. Then despair. And then just kind of like the thousand yard stare, cynical version to the manic. Ah, I see it all. You know, I want players to keep going through a cycle. Eventually that they, they, they'll become NPCs if they get wrecked too long or make really poor decisions. But like, I don't want them to know when the end is coming. Like I want, like you keep getting these new cars because you don't know, what the next card is, what the mechanics are going to say on it. Mm-hmm. Like when you get the last one, it's like, yeah, you're done. You know, <laughs> play out how your character goes. These into are your thing. manic skills. Yeah. These are your depressive skills. Well, that's like midway point. I'm thinking more like, yeah, you're done. Uh, just role play how your character runs into a room and disappears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, I, so I want that sort of anxiety is the players never know how, how long they have until they mm-hmm. go away. So, um, and obviously introducing new, new player characters is going to be real easy because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and someone just opens the door. He's like, "What the fuck's going on?" And there's like three. You're part of the party now. Yeah, <laughs> you're human. You only. You don't have. You don't have uh, gills. Come with us. Oh yeah. god, bottled water. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so yeah, so that that's how it's going to be. Um, and oh yeah, the one thing I uh, oh the last thing actually is the I did have outlines for game two and three. So like the idea is I create three games. Uh, the second game is about returning the structure because of some unresolved thing. Um, and then the third game is like figuring out what to do with the structure itself, destroy it, redeem it, um, whatever. Um, and obviously those can change, but right now those are really useful to me because they realize I've realized those are the things I don't want to address in the first game. Yeah. So like in game two is like, that's when you have a human antagonist, someone else who's in the structure and like says, no, fuck you. And so like, there will be like crazy survivors, but they're not going to be like reoccurring villains or anything like that. Yeah. But it, I mean, if you need to think about it as a triptych of triptychs yeah, yeah. in order to focus it, that's, that's what you have to do. But yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the mistake would be doing everything in one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, knowing when what not to work on, knowing what your boundaries are, really good. Yeah, because buildings, architecture—that's that's literally what it's about. Boundaries, like yeah. the walls. <laughs> that's you know. Uh, so, anyways, uh, that's where I am. Uh, Questions, comments, always suggest, suggest, uh, appreciated. Um, and uh, hopefully, we'll have some more news of this in a couple months. Yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, this is RPPR Games Nice Workshop. Uh, talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>